You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors on the first day of a shortened trading week because of the public holiday yesterday. With me is Nick Kunzer from Sandlam Private Wealth. Nick, what happened on Friday? Let's go back to Friday and then we go forward to Monday because we've missed we've missed the session in the United States. Obviously, a huge influence on us. What happened? Yeah, morning, Lindsay. Yeah, playing a bit of bit of catch up after our long weekend. Um, so if we, if we cast our minds back to to Friday's trade, I mean. That was very much all about uh, all about NASPERS and Donald Trump and executive orders and Tencent and WeChat and 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 of course if we look back then NASPERS of course had its its worst day in almost two weeks um, on the back of uh, you know process subsidiary Tencent and of course don't forget gold shares also had a bit of a tough session on the Friday they were sort of giving up after their recent strong gains we had Goldfields down over five percent DRD down four and a half percent. Harmony's on four and so on. And the JSE All Share didn't have a great day. It was down 1.56%. Uh, and top 40 down 1.7%. And then if we look at yesterday, while well, we were sort of basking in Women's Day, it was Wall Street was back to, I guess, business as usual. I mean, S&P 500 last night booking its longest stretch of gains in 16 months. Mm. Uh, we had something, we had the Dow Jones that had its best run as well. Uh, seven straight day of gains and the Nasdaq on the flip side, which is quite interesting. So be a little bit of money coming out of these high-flying tech stocks and going back into value, which is sort of the game plan looked like yesterday. And then bring it up to today, this morning, Asian markets having a fairly green day. And the big standout for me, it looks like a bit of dollar strength coming through, um, interesting enough, which uh, briefly this morning knocked the gold price, and now it's gone the other way. Do you think there's a sense of asset reallocation within an asset class? In other words, equities being the asset class, people getting out of, as you say, the high-flying NASDAQ stocks, the, the FANG stocks, and a few others, and getting into the, the nuts and bolts Dow Jones and S and P five hundred companies that have been much maligned well, recently. Well, let me let me, th- let me throw let me throw another one in for you, which the old traders will remember: the Dow Jones Transport. You know, how many people used to watch the Dow Jones Transport as an indication mm-hmm. um, to lead the Dow higher? So the Dow Jones Transport average was up two point seven percent yesterday. That's had now nine winning sessions in a row. Um, compare the two point seven move in the Dow Jones Transport with the NASDAQ being down on the same day. You can see that answer your question exactly, Lindsay. I think you're seeing that real, <clears throat> I think that switch, which, which for me is actually quite a healthy market. You know, people are getting out of those high-flying techs, looking for value, what's going to bounce back quickly when things return to normal or not, we don't know. But there seems to be that, that real rotation. And, and to be quite honest, it was, I mean, you pointed it out a few times. I mean, it has been a, it has been the last six months, a, 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 I guess a, two very different markets, you know, the, the fangs versus the rest. And maybe we're starting to see that rotation now, and you can actually see it in the numbers. Yeah, it's probably just a little bit of uh, accounting. Rejigging. Money. Yeah, rejigging of people's portfolios because they're just banking enormous profits and maybe just looking for something that might not immediately pay dividends, but in the next couple of years will do. Let's have a look at the spot prices, Nick. The dollar rand is 17.67. The British pound against... Good, look at that thing. Uh, 2309. The euro rand is 2074. And the euro dollar, that's also taking a bit of a breather. The euro, that is, it's 11740. Mm. was 119 last week. The Dow Jones was up 1.3%. And the futures are up 0.6% this morning. S&P was up a quarter. And the Nasdaq fell 0.4%. Shanghai this morning down 1.1%. Hang Seng, despite the problems and the rather authoritarian and brutal handling of certain activists over the last 48 hours, uh, 
uh, the Hang Seng is actually up 2%, and in Australia, the all-share index is up 0.4. Gold price getting absolutely walloped. It's down $27 an ounce now, and it's broken back down through 2000. So if I take a screenshot now, I can put that tweet out that I was trying to put out last week. Gold is going to party like it's 1999 because it is $1999 an ounce. The platinum price is down 16 to 971. And crude oil, where's crude oil? Oh no, give me palladium first and I'll do the crude oil. Away you go. Yeah, down $10 at 2208. Can I just point out though that most of these counters were actually up when i started writing my morning notes at hopper six this morning mm. these are all gold is down very slightly not even five dollars and platinum and palladium are both up so it's certainly within the last hour or so there's been a huge uh, change in sentiment and literally i think the dollar had a little bit of a bid and gold has just got wallops so someone's just dumped a lot of gold onto the market yeah it's, i think it's the london people coming in and um, and doing that because london is still the biggest uh, gold market certainly Correct. bullion wise Mm. WTI West Texas crude is up three quarters to $42.24. Brent crude oil is $45.19, which is up around about 0.4%. Not much going on there. What about stock exchange news service this morning? Anything on awesome. the South African front? Yeah, there's some juicy stuff up. Those would have picked up Sassel. They came up with a trading update, or certainly for the, for the second half. Uh, my goodness, it was a shocker. <clears throat> I mean, they literally... <clears throat> Excuse me, Lindsay. They, li- they literally wrote off 122 billion rand the last set of financials, which I have it more than the current market cap at the moment. Yeah, that was expected, though, wasn't it? Because the share price is more or less yeah, unchanged. Uh, I think expected, and, and uh, you know, it's a classic old saying. I mean, they literally threw the kitchen sink at this. They literally threw everything at it. So, um, look, I mean, it's still not nice for long-term shareholders, but I mean, they're impairing Lake Charles by something like 100 billion rand. Um, but what's quite interesting is there really there's been some rumours of, of a few suitors sniffing around. Um, well, for Lake Charles or for so, for Sassel as a whole? No, no, for the Lake, for a portion of the Lake Charles operation, which is the US uh, chemical business. Mm. Um, so, but what's interesting for me though is they, I mean, if they only value if they only valued a sort of um, it cost two hundred billion for them to build, and I think they're only valuing it at a hundred billion. Yeah, you're starting to get an indication of how much shareholders have messed around. Uh, sorry, how much the management have messed around shareholders, shareholders' cash with this. So, you know, that's that's one to watch. But, but yeah, I mean, there's literally they, they literally impaired the whole pot and threw it in. There's nothing kitchen sink and everything else. What a disaster so that's, that's been! What a terrible disaster! Yeah. I mean, if you can, if, if politicians can resign, and if, if people have to go into lengthy inquiries, being grilled by people, why can't CEOs? I mean, who who bought Lake Charles for goodness sake? It's pathetic. Yeah, but they don't forget that there was. <clears throat> I I think if, if you cast your mind back, I mean, there's so much going on in the SAS, it's difficult to keep track. But they did actually. The two CEOs were booted, uh, and that was. But that was only after with golden handshakes, of course. After, um, huh? With golden handshakes or something, they got some sort of compensation. I'm not sure, but but it was certainly. I thought it was my, our first bit of sort of proper shareholder activism we've seen for a while because that was big pressure from the likes of. Um, I think Alan Grove were big holders. We were some of them big holders, and a few others. And I think there was pressure from the from the big shareholders that forced them. But they were certainly weren't going to walk away. I mean, it, it literally took screaming and yelling from shareholders to get rid of them. You know, typical. Uh, I don't know. They just didn't want to leave. You anyway, know. So I mean, that was that was the first positive. But I, and I think this is an excuse for the current uh, management team that's been put together afterwards, just to, as I said, just impair the whole lot and, and start again. But you know, for shareholders, I mean, to write to, to waste a hundred billion of shareholder money because don't forget i mean it's not their money shareholder money. 
Um, it's a publicly listed company, so it's a, it's a shocker all round. But anyway, markets maybe taking, maybe realizing this is, this, you know, there's a bit of light in the tunnel now. This is the last of the, the last of the final impairments and go forward now. Share price up four and a half percent. Share price of Exaro is up four percent, and that came out with a trading statement. Just a brief one on that because we don't talk about it often. We talk about Kumba, we don't talk about Exaro. Mm. Um. Sure. I mean, our guys love it. Eh? I mean, we've got, we've been. I think we added it to our portfolio re- uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and a few clients used to trade it quite actively. It's a bit of a difficult one because, it's, as you said, it's it's kind of just falls under. Commerce always takes the sort of the headlines, and this was mm. never really getting all of them. But as far as I understand, it is very cheap trading on single digit PEs. Pays a nice dividend yield, and it's certainly one that you should take a look at. And I think those numbers are quite good. I mean, they, the earnings are going to decrease by 34 and 18 percent. I mean, that's something that was priced in. But uh, I think overall, it's definitely one to keep on the radar. As I said, just, uh, full disclosure, we quite like the share and we're adding it to our portfolios as well. Excellent. Okay, let me have a look at the the movers before you give us the indices, and I'm going to refresh my screen quickly. I've got Hammerson up uh, nearly 11%. That stock's all over the place. Must be If it's liquid, it must be a day trader's dream. Textainer up 7.8. Pepcor is a 5.5% winner for some extraordinary reason. And Redefine is up 4 and 3 quarters percent. Car track down 8 and 3 quarters. That was all over the place last week, mainly to the upside. Goldfields down 4.5% with the gold price now below 2,000. Harmony down 4.5%. Trusco down 4%. And Anglo Gold Ashanti completing three of the bottom five in the gold sector down 3.1%. Indices, please. Well, so indices, we're having a really good bounce back, actually. 1.61% higher. I only called it up about half percent, so we're really looking good. That's the all share. 912 points firmer, 57,670. The top 40 tradable up 1.5%, 800 points firmer. And all the indices, very little in degree. In fact, we start at the bottom. The only one down is technology index, down 1.96%. All the rest are up. Energy led by likes of Sassel, that index up 1.37. Industrials up 2.3. Healthcare up 2.6. Banks having a decent day, uh, up uh, 2.79%. Telecommunications also up 3%. MTN strong. Uh, Overall, it's, it's a really, really solid day. Can I just put a number out there before we leave and we chat later? Please. The number is 3386. Okay, the number is 3386. Now, uh, have I got to guess what that means? Well, let's t- well, I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's basically, that is the closing record high of the S&P 500 on the, fifth, on the 19th of February this year. 3386 uh, on the spot. And, so on the, spot, and the high on the futures, I can tell you, was 3397 because I watched it like a hawk. And I thought, well, this is it. I'm throwing in the towel. And then after that, it went to 2162. <laughs> remember these numbers. Yeah, I know. You do. As a trader, you do. You remember the, down to the penny. So, you know, that's the number. We can see where we are when we chat. We're chatting to David tonight. Yes, we are. It's the double-headed dream team tonight on the 5 o'clock shadow with yourself and David Shapiro. I look forward okay. to that. Nick well, we'll Kunza. Be, let's see if we break the number. Yeah, I think we probably will. Nick Kunzer, thank you very much for your time this morning. That was the opening. And Nick Kunzer is from Sunland Private Wealth. And as we said, he'll be back with myself and David Shapiro at 5 o'clock this evening for the 5 o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.